what is happening with this misfire. The most intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and Emiliano, a.k.a. Jive Turkey Nano. What is up, Fight Fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show. I am your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. And with me, as usual, is the co-host with the most, Jack Turkey Nano. How we doing, brother? We are doing fantastic. Had a fun Thursday night football game. Been a little while since we spoke, brother. Uh, looking sharp with the new haircut, man. I missed the memo over here. Come on. Let's go, baby. You know, I had to, had to, had to visit the barber a little bit here. Love it. Love it. Got to stay clean. So fresh, so clean. But I'm great, brother. I'm excited, man. It, it's it's we're in a unique time here, man. A lot of news going on. UFC, no official UFC card this Saturday. But have no fear, the show must go on. Plenty to talk about. I'm excited to dive in with you. The show must go on, guys. The show must go on. Um, as you can see in the background, please try to ignore it. Right now, I'm in the process of kind of rearranging the home office slash home studio setup. Gonna have a backdrop of what I think are dope posters and things like that. But right now it's just a white wall, a heavy bag and a, a fake UFC belt. So again, <laughs> as you stated, the show must go on. Uh, and it is about that time guys. So as Nano pointed out, there is no UFC card coming into this following weekend, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about UFC fight night, Faziev versus Gamro, uh, AKA, I believe it was UFC Vegas 79. Um, which is the title of the episode, so I'm assuming I'm right, unless that was a typo as well. Uh, so, <clears throat> jumping into this fight card, um, we don't have to go over all of the all of the prelims, but again, there are some of these fight cards that there are fights that definitely stood out on this fight card. Um, one of which was definitely that Tim Means fight. My goodness, folks! I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you in the the podcast last week. I know a lot of folks are high on Andre Fialio, but come on, Tim, the dirty bird means. I, I think I literally texted you one thing during that fight, and it was dirty bird. <laughs> Bro, he was getting dirty. He was getting dirty out there. What a fun fight, man. Great way to kick off the undercard there. One of my favorite fights on the undercard, in my opinion. One of the better fights of the night. I mean, Tim means, man. Turning back old father clock and saying, no, 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 young buck. Let the old bull teach you a couple tricks here. What a performance, man. Great outing. Looks strong, man. I mean, you got to appreciate it. I don't know if that's going to be his last fight or not, but you got to appreciate someone maybe going out on top or you know going out on their shield. And what a performance, man. Turn about the clock there a little bit. A little vintage Tim Means. A little vintage Dirty Bird action there. It, again, it was very, very nice to see. I was not mad at it. Uh, I was not mad at it at all. Um, and yeah, my, my prediction... 
all but came true, right? Like, I, I knew that Tim Means was going to go out there. He was going to be the more wily, dirty bird veteran. Um, and I knew that he was going to have more pressure going forward. And I also knew that Andre Fialio doesn't do very well whenever people are pushing the pace against him. And that's why the outcome was what it was. We had two knockdowns in favor of Tim Means and 134 strikes landed versus 56 opposite him uh, in favor of Tim Means. 104 of those were significant strikes. So, I mean, the, the guy was throwing venom. He was throwing absolute lead in those shots. And um, I, I tell you what, I wouldn't be on, I, I would not want to be on the receiving end of those. Absolutely not, man. Not a chance in hell. I, I like my body and face the way it is, you know, constructed. I don't want to rearrange it or <laughs> have Dirty Bird give me a, a good old fashioned butt whooping. But agreed, brother. It was it was a well rounded performance. I mean, like you mentioned, over a hundred significant strikes, ripping the head, ripping the body, ripping the legs. Even had some control time as well. Just all around solid, man. You you love to see you know an old buck put on a clinic here and teach the young buck a couple things. And boy, was he. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic fight all around. I, I look forward to seeing what's next for Tim Means. I'd like to see him get a, a very well-ranked opponent, at least top 15, maybe even top 10. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot left on the career. If he's just looking for fun fights, give him a fun fight. But if he's looking to make a title run, I mean, work him right into that top 15 right away. He looks very sharp, and I think it'd be a problem for most of the guys in the top 10. Even. Um, moving yeah. moving forward, we had Dan Argetta. Dan the man. Uh, he trains with our homie who picked up a uh, TKO win this this very last weekend himself. Shout out Ian the Juice Miller with Let's the go. TKO victory. The man got it done, guys. Um, the juice was this loose. episode brought to you by the Juice Loose TKO. You heard it first. You heard it here first, guys. Ian the Juice Miller, um, best fighter you've never heard of. So um, he did get a stunning TKO uh, victory this weekend. He looked absolutely brilliant in there against his opponent. Um, And, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? He trains with Dan the Man Argetta, though, who uh, was the very top of the preliminary card here in the UFC this weekend. Did not go uh, his way. I did think that he actually uh, did a lot in that fight. He looked really good. He had the, um, as as we call it, the scarlet mask, the red mask, the blood mask. Uh, the guy's face was just a freaking mess out there. But uh, I digress. He continued going on. He was will. He was he was basically willing to die out there. It looked like, and um, he made it a he made it a bloody, dirty, nasty fight. Both men got two of six takedowns, exactly two for six. Um, where the differentiator was, was when one man was uh, on top, he definitely was shooting for submissions, and that was Dan Argetta. He did go for two submissions, whereas his opponent went for none. He was just going for the ground and pound landing shots, um, which is why the strike numbers are a little bit skewed. It was 52 for Miles Johns against 38 uh, for Dan Argetta. 33 of those 38 were significant for Dan the man, and uh, 43 of those 52 for Miles Johns were significant. So, Again, Dan was putting a lot more on his strikes. There were there just weren't as many of them that landed, and that was ultimately the problem. Um, 
did you agree with the judges on that fight and i guess did that fight play out the way that you saw it going yeah, I, I felt like it was a little closer than it was. It, you know, the unanimous decision, a uh, couple judges scored at 30-27. One had a 28-29. I probably would have been closer to that. I thought Dan might have been able to edge out two rounds. But like you said, I think the volume, just not being able to get enough out there and then losing on the control time as well. You know, they're going to factor all these things in. I love that he was throwing up attempts. I love seeing somebody be offensive. Like you said, bloodied face and all weathered, beaten, still going out and, and doing everything he can to try to win that fight. You love to see it. Um, but that's, hey, you know, I, I, I like the expression, don't leave it to the judges, right? I mean, if, if you're not, if you don't want to, you know, have have it up to them, you got to take the fight into your own hands. And, and I know Dan tried to do that. You know, this guy, Miles John, at 14 wins, only two losses. Well, I guess 13 wins going into it. Uh, but, you know, th- that's a veteran. Now, this is a guy that means business. And, yeah, man, I think Dan stepped up big, showed out well, but just just not enough. Just not enough. Got a little edged out, unfortunately. But it happens. Happens to the best of us. Um, yeah, it was a really good fight for Miles Johns. I thought he looked really sharp out there. Um, he improves to 14-2. and two. And uh, looking pretty sharp in the UFC. Now, moving into these fights that we were definitely a little bit more excited about, we had Charles Air Jordan coming in against Ricardo Hamos. This fight did not go at all how I thought it was going to go. Um, I thought Ricardo Hamos was going to come out there and land vicious leg kicks, vicious body kicks. Instead, he landed uh, vicious nothing. Uh, he, he went 0 for 10 on total strikes thrown, 0 for 9 on significant strikes thrown. Uh, but he did go 2 for 3 on takedowns attempted, and uh, that's what led to his demise via submission. Um, I mean, again, uh, did, did you see the fight going that way? Did you think Charles Jordan was going to come out there with a, uh, submission heavy kind of onslaught game? No, absolutely not, brother. This was definitely a shocker. Uh, Charles Jordan had the impressive victory over Ricardo Ramos. I was hoping to see a bit more striking here. I think I was a little shocked. In that, you know, they, they were really slow. And, you know, hey, these guys, they're, they're downloading each other's software. They're they're making their reads. They're doing their feints. It wasn't like they're completely standing like Joel Romero with just his hands up. I, you know, there were some reads being made. I was just hoping to see Ricardo come out a little bit more energy. But unfortunately, when, you know, you go a couple minutes. <laughs> thank you for the the movement there. All very nice. Uh, but after a couple minutes of just really squaring off, feeling each other out, like you said, what well, let... The shot that led to the ultimate demise, him trying to shoot for that takedown. Um, you know, Jordan was able to fight it off very well that first time. And he almost got that neck. And I think in his head, he's like, you know what? If he's going to let me do that again, I mean, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Hey, I ain't get fooled again. I'm going to go ahead and rip that. And that's exactly what happened, right? He came back around. Um, Charles Jordan showed some very high level BJJ grabbing the neck. There was that little bit of the flurry on the ground. Um, but again, was able to get back into a good position, locked in the choke. Phenomenal. I mean, that was a thing of beauty. Chef's kiss. Great finish by our boy Charles Jordan. The Canadian star, man. I love I love Canada's making some uh, splashes now. They got a few guys <clears throat> on the roster. What do you think he's of the performance? Good. I mean, uh, he's, he's looking real good. I thought he showed significant improvements. And I mean, the guillotine looked really nice. Um, just three minutes and 12 seconds to get it done. The man looked like an absolute psychopath savage out there. Um, I mean, just <sighs> blame Canada. I don't know, man. Uh, the guy, <laughs> again, he, he looks he looks like a completely different fighter, in my opinion, as of late. He doesn't seem like the same guy that went out there and fought Dres, uh, Desmond Green. 
Uh, or even the guy that went out there and got the split decision win over Andre Feely. He looks like a much more, um, I don't want to say calm and collected fighter, but he definitely looks more collected. I, I don't know that calm is the right word, because, uh, I mean, the guy doesn't look fucking anything close to the word calm. I mean, he's just... Uh, yeah, maybe terrible. poised. Is like Just a little yeah, more poised, poised in there, yes, right? Obviously, it's yes. a fight, but he's poised under pressure. He's able to maybe think he's a little bit better. And he's, he's in the zone. Uh, his mm-hmm. fight IQ, yeah. for sure, he's able to think a little bit better. His fight IQ, I feel, is probably the thing that's improved the most across Agreed. all of his um, kind of gains. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say about Charles Jordan? Like, again, give him a ranked opponent in the top 10. I think he matches up well against most of them. Don't bring him right into the top five right away. Featherweight is full of killers. Uh, yeah. But, again, I mean, I, I don't think that it's a bad idea to match him up against, you know, some of those killers that are in the you know top 15 kind of upper echelon of featherweight like he does match up really well against an edson barboza uh a dan 50k ige who's coming off of a loss uh i mean you've also got molzar evlev if he's willing to take the fight calvin Caden, you get chikadze who's coming off of a big win um alex caceres who's coming off of a loss those are some big names, brother. You want you want Charles Rodane. You want Ariel Rodane to the top, huh? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I like like, here, here's the thing. Like the the proof is in the pudding, right? And the the gift is in the name here. Air, right? Like Air Jordan. He's got air. He's taking lift off this weekend, guys. Like the UFC should not be the uh the ground control man on the radio saying, it's time to land the plane now. They should be the fucking wind beneath his wings. They should Damn be straight. lifting him higher. Damn uh, so, I mean, like, you have the opportunity to really make a star here in Charles Jordan, and and he's someone that I do feel like is a company man. He's not going to be super-duper outspoken. He's not a Sean Strickland that you have to worry about on the mic. And, you know, I, I do think that he um, he's a very gifted fighter. He came out of the gates looking like a striker-heavy uh, kind of – or a striking-heavy style fighter, but now the grappling is caught up, and uh, it, it might be time. It's a good call time. out, man. Yeah, no, I think it is his time. I, there And there are a lot of great names in this featherweight division. I, I agree with you. I think, hey, give him somebody that's ranked or make it a top 15 contender fight where winner is going to get a name. And there's a few guys on that list here. There is one that, interestingly enough, was the last L that Charles Ariordain took. And that was to my boy Nathaniel made out of uh Carved bamboo wood, wood. <laughs> Carved up. Yeah. i was trying to <laughs> thank you Carved i was trying to think <laughs> i was like made of oh wait no <laughs> Carved up. yes daniel wood though i mean that is a fun strikers delore another guy in the same region here lerone lerone the miracle murphy another Lerone's guy in england the miracle murphy the miracle worker like baby hey there's some I'm fun not, fights I'm man a lot of big that. names I mean, you're, you're, honestly like there's a lot of good names and uh, the ones you're throwing out they're good Talk to me now. I mean, and you already mentioned you took the, well, you, took, you took all the other good ones. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, this I, I division's did deep. Like seven guys. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. <laughs> Throw a dartboard and anyone it hits, I'll take it. <laughs> Honestly, it's a, it's a fact, guys. It's a fact. And moving right through the card, guys, Brian Battle coming in against <sighs> AJ Fletcher, Louisiana's own AJ Fletcher, folks. Stand up. Stand uh, up. The guy's no, a stud. He was yeah, uh he was <laughs> he was throwing it, bro. He was throwing that lead. But Brother. it's really hard to come in against Brian Battle because, I mean, look. All right, if you've ever seen the video of the guy at, like, a Wendy's or wherever he used to work, 
yes. overweight as hell, just like singing with the drive through thing on, just getting it. And then you look at him now and you're like, that doesn't even look like the same guy, A. And B, like, I don't know to be by the Wendy's guy that's like singing. Um, <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, his name, his nickname when he came into this was Pooh Bear. And I don't know if you know this, but he's officially changed his nickname to The Butcher. Wow. So, I mean, what a pivot. What a pivot. Come on, the guy went from Pooh Bear to The Butcher. <laughs> you got to think if the nickname Maybe. had an upgrade like that. I mean, the fight style, the car, the fucking the everything. It's got to upgrade. And boy, have we seen it in these last couple fights. Oh, man. You bring up some really the, the good Pooh points, Bear actually. didn't have finishes. But the Butcher... Butcher, butcher's coming out here finishing guys. Guys, he's taking heads. He's collecting skulls now. Yeah, I, the Pooh Bear thing. I mean, I guess he has sort of a teddy bearish, like friendly face to him. But it must have been, especially when he used to be overweight. Yeah, I think that's that he's has to be where Pooh Bear came job. from. That Rumor yeah, he it. was living in the honey, brother. I, I think uh, <laughs> he was shooting it straight to the veins. I, yeah, I think that's maybe where the Pooh Bear came. He's obviously not a you know two hundred eighty pound obese you know drive-through worker anymore i think that makes sense i mean and he's he's collect he's he's beat i was gonna say he's beating a lot of meat but that's not what butchers do yeah he, he's cutting the meat he's uh he's, he's, he's slicing it down man yeah. he's slicing and dicing there we go that's a better way slicing that's awesome though i mean ryan battle what a stud yeah i mean what a what a change what a dramatic change or just a huge transformation like you lo- i love seeing that anybody and everybody like that if that doesn't motivate you to go start boxing training or get into gym like please let let that be a lesson like anyone can do it uh but brian battle man what a what a tough son of a gun right i mean he's going out there he's fighting against an aj fletcher who just looks like a muscle bowling ball i mean the dude is just yeah. built like an the ox guy's just, yeah. <laughs> Talk, speaking of carved of wood um aj fletcher folks you saw him test that guy no, he's, he's, my... he's cut though dude oh i mean shredded great shape short stocky which you know can present a lot of problems when you're a taller lengthier fighter but man brian had no problems with it i mean there was a little bit of the size and range in the beginning i could tell aj fletcher was getting a little frustrated like what the heck am i supposed to do you're 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 a bit too long i I can always (laughs) reach so far um and so yeah the 10 inch reach i mean my goodness that's insane and and you can I mean, tell when a you can feel got it 10 inches on you it's like the epitome of the like <laughs> you versus the guy she told you not to worry about classic i'm always worried <laughs> and, and muay thai and muay thai muay thai, yeah. muay thai strictly reach strictly reach um yes again you could just tell though he can never really get comfortable aj fletcher that is i mean brian is a big boy at 170 strong and when he starts throwing those hands man i mean he he's got a lot of power i mean again he's a big boy like he's got that 300 pound fist still uh so i thought man brian he ended up showing some i felt like really good defense he was rolling really well that was what stood out to me um and then and then once he got a hold of him, he was able to use those really long limbs, which is a problem for anybody in the grappling department. I mean, yeah. when you can reach around and turn yourself into a boa constrictor, that's what I felt. That was a note I put was that Brian turned into a boa, just reaching around long, irritating. And next thing you know, it got AJ out of there. Dude looks legit, man. It's, it's hard, it it's hard to defend goes. against those long limbs, man. It's real hard to defend against those long limbs. And like, you're right, Brian Battle, he, he gets it done anywhere it goes. He can head kick KO you. He can, he can punch you at range because he's long as hell. You just said it yourself. And, um, I mean, those spaghetti arms, bro. Like, he just wraps them around you. 
Yeah, it's tough. That's a lot to deal it, with, man. It's a lot it to deal is. with. It's, it's, and like you said, I think the best, the best word, if I had to describe him and his fight style, um, and just like everything about him over encompassingly in one word, I think the best way to say it would actually be what you said a moment ago is, uh, when you were describing how AJ must have felt in that first probably like minute, minute and a half is frustrating. Like he For just sure. seems like a very frustrating puzzle to crack, uh, especially now that he's gotten this upgrade since losing to, uh, he not fucked enough, uh, which, I mean, respect to you. If if you fight Hinat Fakhretinov, chances are probably going to lose. I mean, everybody's lost to him other than his second fight, and that was like literally a decade ago, which is a lifetime in fight years, guys. Like he oh, hasn't yeah. lost since 2013. Um, it's like he took it personally. He decided he's never going to feel that way again. So, um, real quick, shout out to the guys in the chat. What's up, Eric and Super Silly Shot Guy? Appreciate you guys being here. Um, and if you are in the chat, please drop in the chat who you think should be next for these guys we're talking about uh, and later on who you think is going to win the uh looking for a fight portion as to what we're going to be watching this weekend since there's no ufc card uh, um, absolutely moving forward <laughs> uh i'd like to say that we were going to go over a fight right now but we're not uh we're actually going to talk about something else um i i i mean i don't want to like make this a rated r podcast but i think like a raping or <laughs> just a a beating was the was literally like the best term for it because it just wasn't pretty, man. It was one sided. It was one. It was as one way traffic as one way traffic can get. And I say this as a Michelle Waterson fan, um, man, oh, man, oh bad. man, it it was bad. If you want, if you want to cue up the violin, that might be an appropriate <laughs> uh, ceremonial sound as we bury Michelle. Karate Mommy, Waterson Gomez's MMA career. It was tough. I mean, I literally, like, like as Michelle was crying in the octagon after the fight, I was crying with her. I, was I also felt crying, that. Too. I literally, like, was, like, holding it back, bro. Like, I felt bad. I felt like I watched my, like, sister get beat up. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. It was tough. It was tough. She it's got tough dog to watch. And it's, Honestly, and it's like... Sorry, go ahead. I was just say like the fact like she was trying like she was giving everything she had she was throwing everything but the kitchen sink and it did not phase this girl Marina she looked like a freaking Terminator it was insane it was yeah it was bad it was a, I mean it was a Rodriguez beat her the first time I thought I knew she was gonna beat her this time and I, I did think that it was gonna be pretty one sided but I not even I thought it was gonna be this one sided it was tough to watch um, it, again it was as one way traffic as one way traffic can possibly be. And, um, I mean, that being said, I got to be honest with you, as a fan, I, I I say this in the best way. Watching Michelle Waterson's career has been an absolute pleasure. But watching Michelle Waterson Gomez's career has, has been pretty tough. Right you are, Cotton. That career sucks. It, it's, been, <laughs> it's, been, it's been pretty tough. Like, it's been pretty bad. I mean, like, and it's not even the fact that, like, she's degraded as a fighter. It's that the competition around her has gotten significantly better. And she's made some pretty poor choices as far as fights that she's accepted. She had no business accepting those fights at higher weight classes like she did. Um, and realistically, I think she used to fight at 105 in Invicta. So maybe if there was an atom weight in the UFC, which there's a number of women fighting in, at 115 currently that used to fight at 105 and realistically would rather fight at 105 if ufc opened up that weight class i'd be more than happy to entertain more michelle waterson gomez fights but until then i just don't think there's a reason 
No, there's not, brother. I mean, four losses in a row, two of them to Marina. And this last one was just so gosh darn definitive. I mean, Marina's a, a top ranked talent in the division, no doubt about that. She could maybe walk, she could possibly be fighting for the title. I wouldn't even be mad after that performance. So maybe we got to give her her flowers as well. But boy, I mean, the way Marina was like able to get up from the initial takedown in the beginning, but those knees and the clinch and the elbows, it just felt like there was so much poison, like we like to say around here, behind those punches, brother. It was nasty. I mean, I, yeah, I can't say it enough. I mean, Marina, her, her movement, her feints, her length was giving, giving Michelle problems. Again, Michelle's 5'3". Like I said, she probably can be fighting at 105. Like, she's a small girl. Um, it just, man, I mean, she, like, bullied her in there. It was, it's been a long time since I've seen someone get bullied like that. And even just the way she just, like, kind of shoved her face to the ground, started blow, throwing some elbows, and it was called right there. I think the ref's seen enough. Like, yeah, this is going to, this is going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> We've said this term quite a bit of times, guys, uh, you know, Sometimes it feels like somebody's getting big brothered out there. This was the first time I truly felt like somebody was getting big sistered out there. Um, and it was in a real, real big way, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, Marina Rodriguez, ladies and gentlemen, she's an absolute <laughs> stud of a woman. Yeah. And uh, I mean, not only did she get it done, but she made it look absolutely easy out there against Michelle Watterson Gomez. Yeah, she did. I mean, and honestly, there's. There's not a lot of women left for her to to fight. I mean, she's right there at the top. She's ranked eighth. I mean, Mackenzie already has a dance partner. Maybe someone like a Jessica. On- oh no, Jessica Andrade is fighting Mackenzie Dern. Never mind. <laughs> uh, maybe a rematch with, with Verna Yandaroba. She did beat Marina last, which is crazy to think about after that performance. So maybe that's one where it's like, hey, winner gets that next number one contender shot. I don't, what are you thinking? I mean, there's Amanda Lemos just lost do you do you reward her with that i mean i guess she has to fight again right but i don't what do you do there's a lot of good talent up here man what do you do what do you think so there is a lot of good talent up here um it is hard to to see her losing to verna Jandaroba again but that being said verna Jandaroba beat her and is currently ranked higher than her why because verna Jandaroba has been very active and she's looked very good um she's not the most polished fighter in the world but she doesn't like if she were to throw a spinning back wheel kick, it probably wouldn't be the prettiest one you've ever seen. But if it landed, it'd probably hurt. Um, and also, she's got a very strong grappling game here to Jenderova. So I, I don't think that that'd be an easy matchup for her. And you got to think she'd want to get that one back. Does Vierna want to slash is Vierna willing to fight backwards in the rankings, though? I think that's the bigger question. And I don't know that. I mean, if I'm Vierna, I'm definitely not taking that fight. So... That being said, uh, I mean, she's going to have to find someone, A, that's a good dance partner, and B, that's willing to, to realistically take her. I mean, she just fought number 12 in Michelle Watterson Gomez herself, right? So she didn't gain any any excessive bump in rankings. She's still sitting heftily at number eight. I think realistically, she's not going to get anybody willing to fight her that's above her. It's going to be more likely that she fights someone that's within the five slots below her that's on their way up that she's having to fight down the way that somebody else has for her. Um, I don't yeah. think a tap at the Ricci would be a bad idea. I also I don't like think that, that a uh, uh, Angela Hill wouldn't be a bad idea. She's always willing to fight anybody. And then also Lupe Godinez, I think, would be a fun matchup for her. Yeah, those are all great names. Lupe, I mean, my goodness, she looked super impressive. That would be a really fun one to, to try to line up here since they both fought recently. 
Angela oh, man, Hill is left hook. I don't know that loopy, they'll do baby. anything to that uh, that crisp <sighs> boxing of Rodriguez. She just looks yeah, so fast in there. She's got great movement, dude. Her feints, like the way she just kind of bops. Like I, I love, I love the way she fights, man. Angela Hill has a dance partner. She's fighting Gomes in November. I, I think you're right, man. I mean, if you're not, I mean, Jan's probably gonna fight Zhang. Carla needs to fight. Maybe she squares off against Tatiana. That really only leaves so many names. I like Luana Pinheiro as well. Denise Gomes, huh? Maybe the winner of that fight. Maybe the winner of that fight gets uh, Marina. That yeah, that'd be huge. That's Thank in November. Her, She's solid. willing to take. Yeah, brother. All of a sudden, there's some fireworks in this division. Let's go. Yeah, this division is definitely heating up, in my opinion. I th- and I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not a you know, he-man, woman-hater group, like in Little Rascals here. <laughs> but Great this reference. is like these, these. Thank you. These uh, women's divisions definitely needed kind of a resurgence, and I think this is for sure a fight that helps. Hundred percent. Yeah, Lupe Godinez as well. I mean, a lot of these women are looking sharp, man. Uh, they're getting better and better and, and they're giving us a reason. They're giving Sean and Dana and the matchmakers a reason to get them back in there, get them on some of these pay-per-view cards, these main events, get the world to know about it, man. Let's do it. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Gotta do. Um, <clears throat> if I didn't think we'd get, uh, you know, DCMR or DMCR and whatever the term is for the copyright stuff, I would probably play a clip of, uh, Bryce Mitchell's debut rap album, Pastrified. <laughs> Um, but because I'm afraid of the of the the copyright strikes, we'll just go ahead and talk about Bryce Mitchell's fight against 50K Egan. Um, Nano, I mean, as much as I would love to take the lead on this one, uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just you know end my round preemptively and let you take the lead on this. <laughs> Tell us how it made you feel. I mean, I felt holy. <laughs> I think through the initial that beginning or just the whatever bryce did in the in the <laughs> why he was getting his name announced i'll just i'll just reenact it since i have a bible right here but he's sitting there and he's getting his name announced and he looks at his coach and the coach has his bible and says go ahead you know what to do let the lord speak and he grabs a bible runs in the middle of the ring while his name is getting announced and he holds a bible up and he's just yelling freedom the power of Christ compelled me, brother. I mean, I, I felt it, man. I shocked, felt like I had to pray a little bit. I was like, yo, what, what are we doing here? I, wow. I, if I would have known he had the power of Christ behind him, I, I think I would have bet my, would have pulled out a second mortgage. I would have put my whole goddamn house on that fight. I, he's not going to lose. He had the power of Christ, brother. What are we talking about? He's got the man upstairs on his side. There's no, there's, you can't, what are you going to do? Danny Gay, I'm sorry, brother, but it's not your night. I mean, if you're, if you're going up against that, you're going up against him with a capital H? Forget about it, brother. Forget about it. But uh, all jokes aside, it was a, it was a it was a fun fight. It was interesting seeing that clash of uh, different styles. Dan Ige was just a little too shy on the trigger, man. He had to take some chances. I think I f- figured, and, and my prediction was, if Dan can't get him out early, it, it's gonna become downhill, and he's gonna be in quicksand. And that's pretty much what happened right after the first few minutes. Again, he was he was a little too gun shy. I think you got to go out there. You got to give someone like a Bryce Mitchell something to think about. Maybe you throw a freaking keep kick up the middle or uh, rip the body. Like do whatever you can to try and let him know, like, hey, I'm, you're not getting me there. And he just wasn't able to do it early. And so Bryce, when he's still fresh, while he was still 
um, dry, was able to get him down towards the end of the first, really stole that. And then he just kept the ball rolling. I mean, whether it's some adversity, he did get cut on below the eye and then the knuckle, which those knuckle punches, man, every time someone catches a knuckle, it shuts him down. But eyes, his right eyes completely shut, still pushing through. I mean, that I shut immediately. I was like really shocked, but just by how, how quickly that happened. Um, so again, one eye with him seeing and the closed eye with uh, Jesus Christ having his back. I mean, again, he was able to push forward, kept scoring takedowns, threatened for multiple submissions, ground and pound, and really just put on a clinic. I mean, there's nothing else I could say. He really made 50K Ige one-dimensional. And unless you're nearly at the poor and you're able to say, screw it, I'm going to out-tough you and I'm going to get to my marks. I mean, that yeah. You fell into the trap, Dan, unfortunately. But, hey, great performance by Bryce, man. Love to see what's next for him. I mean, he's 28 years old, young. Um, he's rapping. He's He calls himself the cash cow. I mean, I love his confidence. He's the only guy with the camo shorts. You got to appreciate that. Um, but just a fan favorite. Great performance. Felt bad for Dan, but it was like, man, yeah, you knew what you're getting into. Um, wish, you would, wish I would have saw more risk. But what were your thoughts on it, brother? <laughs> I mean, I completely agree with everything you said. I think I think it was a that was a perfect analysis of it. Um, was it the most exciting fight I've ever seen in my entire life? No. I mean, we had a 15 minute fight between the two men. I think we had uh, less than what 75 strikes thrown and landed. So, you know, that being said, the most exciting part of the entire fight was, uh, you know, looking at the commentator just kind of squirm a little bit whenever Bryce inevitably was going to do some and uh you know you love to see it nobody expected that he was going to get handed a bible from his corner um nobody nobody i mean the guy's a flat earther you know i'm just oh, i'm just gosh. calling a spade a spade here he is a flat earther uh he openly admits it um and i mean again nobody nobody, nobody thought he was gonna pull out a bible and then you know go on this glorious speech of saying I'm going to donate $5,000 to Hawaii and you know, uh, me and me and Dan, we're going to, we're going to pray together to prove that Satan cannot, uh, do anything against the power of prayer and the power of Christ. And then he raised his Bible high into the sky and lights shone down from the heavens above. If you're good at Photoshop, can you just Photoshop a Bible in my hand as well? <laughs> <laughs> I got a spare for you, brother. <laughs> um, we, we, we definitely... <laughs> Thank you. I need one. Um, <laughs> that being said, somebody please clip that because that's fucking amazing that you just had one on standby um, and, and was ready to go. Freedom! Eric in the chat, we appreciate you, brother. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, was it a super crazy fight? No. Did Bryce Mitchell shoot for 15 takedown attempts? Yeah, that was pretty wild. That was pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, that. The- in, the, in the third round, they flashed a graphic. I was like, 15? I'm like, today? I'm like, that's five around. Holy <laughs> hell. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Jeez. I don't know if that's good today. or bad. <laughs> I was like, that's a yes, day? Yes, sir. That would be today. Um, yeah, he shot 15 right takedown now? attempts. It's like, geez, five, five for 15 takedown attempts. Um, 
Out of those five landed takedowns, the poor guy only went for one submission attempt. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all shapes, sizes, and ages, we were not going to see any twisters on this faithful Saturday night. Um, we weren't going to see any uh, submissions in that in that co-main event. But what we did see was a, a grindy decision uh, and, you know, good for Bryce Mitchell. Unfortunately, he did actually look pretty good out there. <laughs> Doug Nasty got it done. Um, as much as I was, you know, ready and bottled up and just had it had it ready to go with the tweeter, I was ready to tweet. I had it literally just waiting to hit send. Bryce Mitchell's career since... Um, Fuck, what was it? Since since uh, the Ilya Taporia fight. And uh, I was just going to post the picture of his Pastor Fire album cover. <laughs> his career as a Pastor Fire. I thought, I thought it was a good joke. I don't know. That's I thought a great it was a good one. Joke. That would have been good. That would have like, been nobody? good. Um, <laughs> tough crap. Tough crap. <laughs> tough crap. Tough crap. Uh, right. So, uh, that being said, you know, I. Uh, it just didn't. It just didn't go my way, and uh, it didn't go Dan Ige's way, and it didn't go my bets way because I definitely had Dan Ige on my bets. But you know what? We live to bet another day. We live to breathe another day, and so does Dan Ige. So moving forward, um, the only thing more catastrophic and saddening than uh, Bryce Mitchell's five for fifteen takedown attempts, yeah. one submission attempt, and post fight speech was Rafael Fazia versus Mateos Gamble. Um you know, the worst thing about this is um, is this. So this whole thing happened. And just to, to preface like what what I'm talking about, this whole thing. The fight ended in a poor way. It was a it was a stoppage due to injury. Rafael Faziev went to throw a kick in round two, two minutes into it. And uh, when he went to throw this kick, his his planted foot, it stayed planted almost facing his opponent versus pivoting on that that ball of his foot. Um, which is where you get a lot of your torque and your, your force. So what happens when it stays planted, and we actually saw this happen uh, with Carlos Condit versus Tyron Woodley, is when you go to throw that kick and your foot stays planted facing your opponent, you, you put that unnecessary bind and torque on all the ligaments of that connective tissue. So connecting your kneecap, or the, the knee connecting and binding tissues that connect the upper part and bottom part of your leg. So because his foot didn't pivot, it literally just blew his ACL out. The UFC has confirmed it was a torn ACL. He will need surgery. Um, now, the the worst thing about this is I could see this happening to, I don't know, uh, Bryce Mitchell. I could see this happening to a Bryce Mitchell. He's a grappler, right? He's not a striker. So if he's throwing a super crazy strong like roundhouse kick, tie style, and he doesn't pivot on that planted foot, it could be catastrophic. And I, I, I probably wouldn't bat an eyelash. I'd be saddened it would be unfortunate i don't want to see that happen to any fighter but it would be more realistic and reasonable to see it happen to a, a grappler that's trying to throw a strike versus rafael Paziev is a prolific striker with an extensive muay thai career and background I, I just i don't understand how something like that happens even in the heat of the moment uh where his body just doesn't instinctively say okay i'm gonna pivot like my foot, like for me, when I'm trying to show somebody how to throw a kick and they're doing something wrong, it's hard for me to force myself to do it wrong to show them what they're doing wrong. Yeah. Like even when I'm trying to do that, my my back foot is like, no, fuck that pivot. I don't no, yeah, it. it's, it's <laughs> that muscle memory. Yeah, brother. No, I hear yeah. you. And it sucks. Like, yeah, the torn ACL and this is what, you know, us football guys would consider like a non-contact injury. You know, it was not. Yeah. And because at first when he, he threw the right, 
he threw the right kick. It got blocked with the elbow. Loud sound. And my initial thought was, oh, he broke his like, chin or his. Yeah, I thought it was elbow check. Yeah, and he did. I, I he got the elbow checks. right on the foot. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, shin, like, le- like leg, like foot, something broke. And then it came yeah, to I find out that it was, out the that it was on the slash Khabib like elbow check. I, th- I thought it was literally the same exact thing. And I heard the same sound. I watched the replay numerous times and I was like, no, he like whippers and then he grabs his opposing leg. And then yeah. I looked again and I was like, fuck, dude. I literally like, like no. zoomed in on the computer and I was like, his foot stays. It just stays facing his opponent. So it didn't so move. tough to see. Yeah. And that's where like, the, oh, dude, like that freaks me out. Like, I mean, I played football my whole life and like luckily through the grace of God, never had to, any broken bones or injuries or anything like that. Like, but I had a couple of buddies that tore ACLs, meniscus, like PCLs. Like, I yawned this week and popped the rip. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> you mentioned being surprised. It's like, well, brother. I mean, Fasiv is like a fucking elite level athlete, like at the top of his prime right now. Like that. That is why it is so surprising. Not surprising. We, you know, sneeze and pop a rib, or <laughs> I just get out of this chair and pull a hammy. But um, yeah, I mean, an athlete, top of his game. I mean, unfortunately, like these things do happen. Like that's just a reality. In football, it's few and far between, but it can happen. I mean, you're making cuts. Your your I body's mean, going one way. Someone turns chub, which was a contact one. I mean, the dude blew his knee back the other way, which is terrible. And that was only a torn MCL, like crazy enough. Um, but Ow. the worst ones to me are the ones when you're running, you see someone pivot, and then they oh, just like that booby miles, you know, just just not able. I mean, it's a, it's a thin little ligament, brother. And for a kickboxer, right? Like, I mean, he's gone his whole life, probably never had an injury like that like you would think it's wear the ligament tear. strength wearing wear exactly yeah. so it's unfortunate man i mean yeah this is and, and luckily like these things don't happen too often in this violent sport that we love to cover like it doesn't happen that often thank goodness but yeah when it does you just you feel for him and and unfortunately like i really don't know how the fight was gonna go i mean he, he did the best he freaking could that first round like fighting off gomron um giving him things to think about that he had one like double like ripped the body left right and then went upstairs little combo that i think they commented was like a perfect combination i mean he just looks so sharp he's so mean and he was able to defend those takedowns really well but then that second round you did see him start to not be able to spin out of it or use just that athleticism that he has and so I just honestly felt like if it wasn't going to be that injury, I mean, he would have had to have knocked Gamrat out, which pro- probably was not going to happen. And I think Gamrat was going to start chain wrestling. He probably would have put up 20 attempts at that rate, <laughs> maybe 25. He was on that Bryce Mitchell game plan. Um, and, and I love physique, man. I mean, it's unfortunate. Like, I think maybe might end up being a little bit better for physique outside of the rehab, but it's like, Hey, it's, it's an L, but like you didn't, you could look at it and say, yeah, I didn't lose. Like, I got injured. You know, that was more of a DQ versus, like, I lost the fight. I, I Not good to get injured, but I'm trying to find the silver lining there. I mean, I, I definitely agree. Like, typically, I would be the optimist prime in this uh, in this Autobot situation. You know, I'm a big <laughs> optimistic guy. But, um, you know, uh, I, I find it hard to think that Mateos was going to win that fight. Rafael Faziev was, I mean, though it wasn't by a large margin, he was leading on total strikes landed and mm-hmm. he had thrown uh 10 less strikes and landed two less strikes across the board and mind you zero takedowns and he was able to stuff five of six you gotta think 
how many more does Mateos have in the in the gas tank? Even if he's got another six, even if he's got another twelve, at that rate, he's gonna be gassed the hell out. If he throws another twelve takedown attempts, he at best is gonna land three at the rate that he was throwing and landing True. on the success rate that he had. Likely he's only gonna land one or two of those. And what's he gonna do with the control? Is he actually gonna land notable power or or shots once he's down there? Is he going to throw up submission attempts? Because what we saw of the one he did land, there were zero submissions attempted. I like to think that Rafael Vazia was going to end up taken away with that fight into the third, fourth, and fifth round. I mean, there were still three three fifths of the fight left. Um, a little bit more than that. So I don't know. You bring up a good point, with, brother. Yeah, because even when he did I get taken down, he being got an L though, right? Like, yeah, in his book, like in your own yeah. kind of like you're going back home, like all right, I didn't lose that. I was. You know, facing some adversity, but I was going to figure the it out. The matchmakers, the matchmakers aren't going to aren't going to knock him off for Boom. that kind of a loss. Boom! You got to think that he's like he, he he lost one rank spot. He literally swapped places with Mateos Gambro. So fair, no harm, no foul. He went from six to seven. Mateos went from seven to six. Um, up next for Mateos Gambro, I think is the more uh, kind of important thing to do here. What do you do with him? I have one name on the tip of my tongue. Actually, I actually have two. Uh, yeah, I have two names on the tip of my tongue. But I'll let you. I'll let you take the lead on this one. Mm, mm, interesting. I. I mean, I'm looking now. I was going to say Benil, but he did already. Benil already beat Gamrot. Like, do you do you make that again? It, like for for what? I guess when there's like obviously other guys around. Maybe I mean I'm looking below Gamrot if he were to maybe do do UFC kind of a favor after that again. I don't know why he would, but maybe an Armin Sarukian kind of a, a fun. You know, grappler on grappler matchup, maybe, but it, it's so tough, you don't man. want him I mean, to have a rematch with Benil, but you want to have a rematch with Armand. Oh, did he fight him too? Oh, well, here I go. He nah. fought him right before he fought Benil. He beat him. Oh yeah. gosh, see, that well, was one of the that was one of the closest fights. I actually thought Armand won the fight. Then maybe that's the but case, that's, but no, that that's gonna I mean, open Benil a whole would, argument if there's people watching. <laughs> that's a fair point. No, you you watched me there. I would say Benil. Then I mean, Benil was my first. Was that the name you were thinking of? Now that gears. was one of two. Nice. Yeah, that was one nice. of two. Okay. Yeah. Who I, else uh, you so I had, I had Benil, and the other one is is going to come out of left wind here. Let's just call a spade a spade, as I like to say. <laughs> Look, guys, Conor McGregor is not fighting. He's not fighting again. Did you see the picture of him with Snoop Dogg? He looks fucking older than Snoop Dogg. He okay? looks bad. He's not fighting yeah. again. He's just not. So I, I hate to break your hearts. I hate to break it to you, but Conor's never fighting again, guys. That being said, Michael Chandler... Most recently lost to who? Dustin Poirier. Got to think he wants to get that back, and he's never going to get a win over DP. And he's never going to get a rematch with DP either. Like, closest thing he could do is fight his teammate in Mateo's Gamer Gamble, who trains out of ATT and is one of the number one sparring partners for one Dustin Poirier. Now their trajectory lines up perfectly with rankings. If Michael Chandler wants to actually get some more wins under his belt and go for a title run, he has to beat these types of names like a Mateos Gamro or a Benil Dariush. I think Mateos is a better fight for him than Benil Dariush, and I think um, it's a fight that he'd be more willing to take. That's a great call out. I love that. I agree. I agree 100%. God, I just man, think poor it'd be Connor, a man. fireworks fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor Connor. I just. Uh, not poor Connor, but it's just like I, I. Poor Chandler, honestly, who's getting dragged along poor because Chandler. of Connor. Yeah. yeah. That's he more lost, appropriate. He lost the red panty night lottery. Yep. Hate to see it. Um, as for what's next for uh, Rafael Faziev, you know, uh, it depends on how long the recovery is. I'd like to think he's probably going to have at least a six month layoff here. 
Uh, if he does have a six-month layoff, I mean, realistically, uh, gosh. You know what? Depending on how long the layoff is and depending on how much of a fucking blood fest it's going to be here in two Saturdays, maybe he gets... God, I don't even want to say this. Oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I have to like make sure they haven't already fought. Okay, yeah, no, they have not fought. Damn, that is a good fight. I just, I don't, I don't want to say it out loud because then it's going to happen. And I don't feel like it's fair to one of these guys. You're talking but about anyway. Fasiv now? You're talking about Fasiv? Yeah, I'm talking about what's next for Fasiv. So if Fasiv has a six month layoff, like I'm anticipating, and if Grant Dawson. Beats Bobby Green like I'm anticipating. That's the move. Grant Dawson versus Rafael Fazeev, I think, is a really fun fight. Grant Dawson's a dog, man. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about him a lot here pretty soon. But he's a savage, man. His last performance was extremely impressive. Um and yeah, I mean he's about to fight. So yeah, and I mean six months, I mean Fasiv is a freak athlete, but that might be like a bit more on the Optimus Prime side. He might be looking yeah. at closer to like nine to twelve months to get into like fighting shape again. I mean, that's we're talking about just walking, getting yeah. back to like routine stuff. I mean, to to get back to his kicking kickboxing pedigree, it, we're, we're probably looking a little bit lengthier, unfortunately. So a lot of these names. I mean, Grant Dawson. I mean, I'd, I'd love for that, but I'm also like, I'd love to see Grant if he if he could get a decisive win over Bobby Green, like. Go get him another fight. Like he ain't getting any younger. I'd hate to see some of these guys that are What's finally breaking through. Yeah, dude, just run that one or next for or Grant Dawson if he beats Bobby Green doesn't oh, take brother, Davis. Yeah, Mateo's Gamera. Hundred percent, hundred. That would be sick. That's a fight. That's and that's probably what's gonna happen next. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're out here, a little Houdini hour like, here. I'm telling you. I, I, feel, I feel like Grant is an unspoke hero. He's a beast in that division, and he's 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 gonna be he's one of those names, like Poirier. you said. What are you talking about? Yeah, Poirier knows him, and once I got once you heard that stamp of approval, that Poirier's in. Oh, this dude's legit. And then you see him go out there and put it in the octagon, not just be oh, a weight room guy. Does he train mm -hmm. Or at least he was. Fight Mateos. Uh, uh, they both train there. Damn, that'd be tough. Then right, that would be tough to make. Tough. But I mean, it. We, They're gonna do what you got to do, but unheard. yeah. It's not yeah, unheard, of. Not unheard seen, of. I mean, Ian Gary just got paired up to fight his training partner, Vicente Luque. So sometimes when you're at those of. bigger camps, they may not necessarily, especially if they are in the same class, they probably, if I'm the coach, I don't know if I'm like really matching them up that often, or I don't, I don't know how I'd approach that honestly. Right. But it's like, do you, do you, because like iron sharpens iron or it's like, Hey, you guys might actually fight. Maybe we keep the two dogs in separate cages. That's, that's interesting to think about. Because some of those big camps, um, like even Ian Gary, like he's like, yeah, I train with him, but it's not, he's like, I don't have like, it's not like my boy, you know, some camps are really close or there's certain guys they train for years. And it's like, dude, that's like a brother, like a Kobe, uh, Jorge Masvidal kind of narrative, which turns sour, which can make for some good, uh, WWE storytelling. I mean, if you're Grand Dawson, maybe you're looking at it that way is hey, I can make a name here, you know, a little red panty day myself, just lean on into this narrative, but anything sky's the limit i mean I, we're, we're counting chickens before they hatch now but i do think for fazeev yeah hey get well soon brother you're a stud i'm still a fan of yours and, and hopefully to see you back asap um gamrod i mean dude short list go try to avenge a loss why not you maybe you've earned that you know maybe you, you do have that um argument to make and if you're benil hey get back in there brother go ahead and let him know what's up and and 
you're still at the top. You're still on that short list of contenders. So that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many good names for these guys that they could really get paired against right now. Uh, and with the, like you said, the the lengthy layoff, it's hard, it's hard to match make for yeah. uh, Fazian at least. Exactly. Um, it, could, it, it could look totally different by next year. <clears throat> so that being said, that's it for the fights last week, guys. Uh, we have go. some killer fights coming up, not this Saturday, but the next Saturday. Um, and I know what you're thinking. There's no UFC event this weekend. That's where you're wrong. Folks, we have Polaris 25, absolute Grand Prix, uh, Polaris Pro Grappling on UFC Fight Pass. Originally, it was supposed to be Aljamain Sterling booked to compete in the main event against Nathaniel, carved of wood. But Nathaniel Wood, unfortunately, had to withdraw from the fight and was replaced Mm -hmm. with Mike Grundy. Uh, Mike Grundy is a retired freestyle wrestler who also competed in the featherweight division of the UFC during his wrestling career. And he most notably claimed a bronze medal. Uh, back in 2014 in the 2014 Commonwealth Games. So very noteworthy wrestler. Mike Grundy is an absolute beast. We're not going to go crazy and break this down. Again, we know that this is an MMA podcast, not specifically a grappling podcast. Um, That being said, I think it's going to be a really fun event. I definitely think it's worth watching, especially with the fact that there's no UFC event on this weekend. Um, And, you know, if you're really, really itching for some MMA madness, there actually was another event this weekend. There was a Cage Warriors, I believe, happened today. Um, yeah, so definitely make sure you check that out. It's Cage Warriors 160. And, yeah, I believe it's actually going to be happening through the middle of the night for us because mm. it's over in London. Manchester. Manchester. So, uh, yeah, should be a good one. There's a lot of really fun fights, a lot of really fun up-and-coming talent on that. But I digress. We do have one more quick topic to go over here, guys. Um, you know, oh, yeah, we, don't, we, do. we don't talk about it all the time, but there's a, there's a pretty big boxing match coming up. And we know we like to talk boxing when there's a big boxing match come up. So the little MMA anomaly boxing. That's right. That's right, guys. We have Jermel Charlo, a.k.a. the better Charlo brother, in my opinion, uh, coming in against Saul Alvarez, as he's named and listed on BoxRack.com. <laughs> that better known be to off. the general populace as Canelo Alvarez, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I mean, just like I said about Jermel Charlo, I like to call him the better Charlo. When I'm introducing his opponent... Saul Alvarez, a.k.a. Canelo Alvarez. I just like to refer to him as the better boxer. Um, So, (laughs) you know what my money's on here uh, right off the bat. That being said, though, I I mean, we have uh, a true super welterweight for Jamel Charlo coming in against a very, very game opponent in Canelo Alvarez, who's a super middleweight. And just to do the easy math for you, it means one man's bigger than the other. Um, and in this case, it's the more dangerous man that's bigger than the other guy. Um, again, I have a lot of thoughts when it comes to this fight, and I'm probably just going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. That being said, going to go ahead and give you the hot tag and uh, give you the hot mic. Let's I appreciate you, brother. First. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, this is going to be a fun fight, man. Like you said, we got Canelo 
I mean, Sal does not sound as cool as Canelo, so I'm glad he went with Canelo Alvarez. I mean, just a, a modern day giant, a, a legend of the game. Me being a, a Mexican, well, just me being Mexican. Let me stop there. Uh, and and watching, you know, a Mexican fighter through over the last decade and more. I mean, he's been boxing professionally for 18 years, but we're talking about somebody that you know I can I have fun, you know, cherishable memories watching him fight Mayweather back in the day. My dad, all the uncles drinking Modelo's or Tecate's at the time, I'm pretty sure. Um, but man, I mean, we're, we're talking about a, a giant in the sport who over the last three to four years has really started to separate himself from his peers and the competition in general. And what's crazy with Canelo and, and the difference between UFC and boxing, if you don't know, you're going to see a lot more champions. You're going to see a lot more weight divisions they have middleweight, flyweight, superweight, super fly. I mean, it's like every, I mean, what'd you say, brother? Every like two to four pounds, there's probably a new division of a champion. And so with that, I mean, we got someone in Canelo who started off his career fighting and it was like 130, 140, and now is going up to fight guys 170, 168 now against a Jermel Charlo. I mean, we're talking 10, 20 pounds here over a decade. I mean, things that are unheard of, like, nowadays the double champ and and things like that are vogue in ufc but in boxing i mean you, you know to be a unified champion is one thing through all the different wba all these different um leagues that's one thing right to just be a champion and then to be a multiple division champion and to be unanimous and to just be now you know outside you know mayweather kind of sunsetting now as the guy at the top of the heap a Mount Rushmore boxer, in my opinion, up there with, again, a Mayweather, a Tyson, an Ali. I mean, Canelo, man, if he continues to win and if he can, continues to do it in this kind of fashion. I was, I was trying really hard not to cut in, but I got to cut in, man. You just, you just named that Mount Rushmore and you left out a very important name here. Uh-oh. Roy Jones Jr., bro. Roy Ooh, Jones Jr. Yes. You're talking about a young man who who had, uh, what, seven belts across four different weight classes? I mean, he was the first to do it. You almost have forgot. Yeah, Roy Jones is a stud. You're absolutely right. I mean, 76 fights, 66 wins, 47 by KO. I mean, the list goes on, man. I mean, there's guys I can't even think of. Not Roy Jones, but um, uh, I mean, Mount Rushmore stuff. Prince Nassim. Um, I mean, the original. Uh, not Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, he had his run, but uh, Julio Cesar oh, Chavez. I, I like De La Hoya. Oscar oh, had his run. I mean, Julio Cesar Chavez is it fucking just come on uh, he's probably the greatest mexican fighter of all time but canelo's right there brother i mean uh, again it's it's early to say but in, in my lifetime i mean by far one of the most impressive fighters boxers i've had the privilege of watching um what do we got here in the chat i beat roy with canelo and undisputed oh shoot well there you go Dang. see me after this little homie <laughs> come on say less <laughs> i love it i love it um, but no, man, I mean, and again, everything that I mentioned about Canelo again, over the last few years, he's really separated himself. I mean, his bouts with triple G, he did lose, um, to, I'm blanking on the name. Was it Bivol? Yeah. Dimitri Bivol, um, for the super light heavyweight championship. So this guy's going up and trying to beat everybody in the block. These things are going to happen. I mean, I don't, I, I don't take that loss for much more than just a, a freaking great trying to go up and be extra great. That's totally fine. Um, but again, to, to kind of round out my synopsis here, it's hard for me to see 
a scenario that Chan- uh, Canelo loses. But that's not to say this guy, Jermel Charlo, man, he, he's no joke. I mean, the dude's super, he's big. Obviously, let's start there. He's, he's the natural bigger guy. Canelo's going up to his division. They're both the same age. They both have a lot of octagon experience. And over the last few years, Jermel Charlo has really made a name for himself as well. Um, similar to Canelo having those bouts with Triple G. Um, you're going to see Jermel Charlo with two fantastic fights. I mean, that first one was so close with, uh, let me pull up his name. Brian Carlos Castaño, and these are both recent, real, some of the bigger boxing matches of over the last few years. Um, again, the dude's got sweet footwork. He's really slick. He, I mean, his distance management, his ability to move or just be right outside of the punches range and counter with a lightning flash, lightning bat fast <laughs> flash. Yeah, I can't talk anymore. Help me out here, Olin. But no, I, I think Jamel's a, a stud. He's going to do the best he can. I mean, I think he'll be able to weather the early storm of Canelo. But as it gets on, you know, Canelo's going to find a way, man. He can only take so much damage. Similar to like a Caleb Plant, you know, something like the 11th, 12th round. Wouldn't be surprised of just the accumulation of damage that Canelo's going to take or give. Um, you know, and, and how much can Charlo take? It's a question. But let me hear you, brother. I'm excited to hear this little analysis and this is new right i mean boxing you heard in the intro occasionally but this is an occasion that's what we're talking about so i can't wait to hear your synopsis brother so i mean i gotta be completely honest with you everything that you said is just absolutely money in the bank um i'll start right off with the elephant in the room here obviously uh canelo alvarez is not perfect aka saul alvarez he's not perfect guys uh he does have losses to his name but they don't happen very often. He's got 59 wins, 39 by way of KO or TKO, and two losses, none by way of knockout or TKO. Uh, if the man loses, he loses a grindy decision. And, I, I mean, though it, was a, it wasn't a split decision, it was a unanimous decision lost to Dimitri Vival, there are oftentimes um, weight bullies, right? There are people that cut a lot of weight to fight. Dimitri Vival is not one of those guys. He's perfect for the weight class he's in. Um this is, however, one of the rare occasions where I don't know if the better boxer won so much as the bigger, stronger boxer won. Uh, we've seen these types of things happen. Again, when Roy Jones Jr. was going up in weight class, there were some guys that maybe he shouldn't have fought. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, he would ever go back in time and take those fights back because you ask somebody like a Canelo or Saul Alvarez, you ask somebody like a Roy Jones Jr., hey, why did you choose to fight this guy that's terrifying? Why did you choose to fight this guy that's scary that some people are saying has your number, could beat you? These people are going to tell you that they looked for the best challenges in their career, and that's what made them who they are. That's what made them the best of the best, and that's what made them compelling for us to fucking watch, guys. Uh, that's what makes it exciting. So he went up in weight class, maybe bit off a bit more than he could chew when it comes to Dimitri Bivol, and coming in against someone that going into that fight was 19-0, Still couldn't put him out. Still couldn't knock him out. Still just couldn't get the job done. And you're talking about someone that's now 21-0, still undefeated, with 11 knockouts. He couldn't knock out a guy that had come up how many weight classes? Three? Four? Come on. You're talking a about lot. a stud in Saul Alvarez, folks. Uh, a guy who had no business being in there with that big of a man, but there he is. And then after that, what does he go on to do? Well, he comes in against... Uh, a man you may have heard of, Triple G, Kennedy Gavolkin, or Gavolkin, sorry. And uh, what does he do? Gets a unanimous decision, win over that guy. 
Then he comes in over John Ryder, and he takes that guy down in five. And then he comes in over Jamel Charlo, and he takes that guy out in nine. Oh, wait, spoiler alert, that hasn't happened quite yet. Uh, but that's what I see happening. I think he's probably going to be the first man ever to hand Jamel Charlo his first knockout. Uh, Jamel Charlo is somebody else who's 35 and one. 35 of those uh, wins, 19 of them are by way of KO. So he does not have nearly the same KO threshold or percentage ratio as Saul Alvarez. He also has never been knocked out, which is really great. But his loss, um, you know, it was it was some time ago. It was against a young man named Tony Harrison, and it was also a unanimous decision. Now, the difference is it was a super welterweight fight. This fight is going to be a super middleweight fight. Uh, this is a much bigger weight class, and the man's already lost a decision to someone much bigger. Now, Alvarez has lost to someone much bigger than uh, Jermel, right? Jermel has lost to someone much smaller than Alvarez. He's coming up against someone that, in my opinion, has... And, and like, I, I might get chastised for this by the boxing purists, but he has arguably one of the greatest fight IQs we have ever seen in boxing in Canelo Alvarez. I think that that is his greatest weapon in the entire arsenal. The head movement's great, the power's great, the hooks are nasty as hell, but none of it would work without the fight IQ. So the fact that he's able to be 10 steps ahead in these thoughts, I truly think that if he would have fought Mayweather at a three years later date, four years later date, he probably would have given Mayweather his only loss in his record. Yeah, brother. That's a good call out. And and I wanted to mention real quick for those that don't know, because I wanted to double check as well. I didn't want to misspeak, but super welterweight is 154. So that's 150, you know, 155. That's a Dustin Connor, right? The likes of these guys. He's, he was the uh, champion there, champion at middleweight, which is 160, champion at super middleweight, 168, which is where they're now fighting. So he's basically going up to welterweight now. That's like, that's like uh, Islam going up to go fight Leon. I mean, that's the kind of things we're talking about. He's doing here, right? And 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 that'd be a huge jump. That'd be beast of Islam, right? That's and and now to, to take it to Canelo point, just to reiterate, like how badass he is. He went and fought Bivlov at a light heavyweight at one seventy five. So this guy's yeah. almost fighting an Adesanya. That's like Islam going up to try to fight Adesanya at a catch weight, like or Strickland. Yeah. Like what? I mean, what the heck? Like that is. That's crazy. Like, people don't do that. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Pretty tough. Um, I mean, again, I, I think I, I think the, the the letters on the wall, or, or the, the letters are on the wall here, as they say. I think Saul Alvarez comes out here. I think he gets it done. Um, I, again, I think he hands Jamel his first knockout loss. Now, I've done a lot of talking about uh, Saul Alvarez. I've done almost no talking about Jamel Charlo. Now, I, I have to say, Jamel Charlo... Iron Man. Uh, I've never been an Iron Man fan in uh, comic books, but you know, I, I got to give props where it's due. The young man uh, was born in Lafayette, Louisiana. Speaking of Dustin Poirier, shout out Lafayette. Uh, you love to see it. You know, I'm a big Louisiana guy myself. Uh, haven't been mostly raised there, and you know, he, he currently resides in Richmond, Texas. So he's a Southern guy through and through. And you know, I love that. But I, I feel like, despite all the things he's been saying in the build up to this fight. I have to firmly disagree and think I, I'm going to just say I see through the BS here. He's been saying that uh, he, he's no longer talking to his brother, um, <clears throat> Jamal. They, they had a falling out. He said that his brother's too chaotic and that uh, he's taking away from the legacy of the Charlo name and that Jamal is going to put the weight of that on his own shoulders and basically bring them back to elevated uh, namesake. 
in this fight against Saul Alvarez. So this is, to my knowledge, his only camp he's done completely separated from his brother without his brother's help. His brother, though I don't think he is as talented as Jamel, um, is a detriment. He's a, he's a big part of his game planning, his week leading up to fight week, and just honestly his camp in general. I think he is a just a, a very pivotal part of that that kind of sauce, right? Like you tell me that you make the best pizza sauce in the world, and then I tell you, cool, do it without tomatoes. Like, you still uh, gonna be able what? to make the best pizza sauce in the world, or uh, is that a little bit of a Definitely. fucking roadblock? <laughs> it's a main thing. I kind of need that. <laughs> That's hilarious. And what I just noticed, Jermel and Jermal, the two brothers. The only difference between them is the letter E and A in their names. So that is it. Very hard. Very hard. They're identical twins. I mean, my goodness. I was gonna say, if who's gonna show up in there? Other, it's hard to <laughs> tell. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, bro. I don't want to go to this press conference. Can you go in there for me? <laughs> But they're not talking, so maybe like that for sure. (laughs) That'd be sick. That'd be so funny. No, I mean, shit. Good points, brother. Yeah, I mean, I like how you. I like how you put it. I mean, it's. I just think he's distracted. That doesn't help, you know. He did mention too, like I'm coming in here a little more calm, trying to have a different demeanor, like, and even that, you're kind of already acknowledging that, like, this opponent's different than anything you've ever faced. Like, you know who you're going in there with and you know real recognize real i mean you know it's he's great but i also would have maybe even appreciated like treat it like another day i mean it's just another opponent right i mean if i'm hearing that i'm kind of like okay he's dialed in but when he's like i'm gonna be more elegant i'm i'm not gonna talk i'm gonna you know just just let whatever it is like all these switch ups right i mean it's like that's you're 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 breaking character here i don't know if that's the way to do it going into the biggest fight of your career that's the move (laughs) yeah i don't know that's the move i don't know now's the time to start shaking things up but and just everything about that, that statement, like, I'm, I'm going to go into this fight, I'm going to be more calm, he said. Like, that alone is terrifying. Because, like, we saw, we saw, we've seen it, what happens when, when that's the case, right? Like, use Israel Adesanya as an example. What's happened when he's had an opponent come in calm that lets him find his range? That's when he gets highlight real TKOs. What yep. happened when he fought a Sean Strickland, who was like, when you turn the waterfall on full blast and you have the gentle stream underneath the waterfall. The gentle stream is no longer gentle. It's in a state of panic because it's constantly reacting to the fucking flow of water coming from atop the mountain that is now crushing it with a waterfall. So Sean Strickland was the waterfall in that situation. And, I mean, let's just be completely honest, guys. If, 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 if Jermel Charlo has a hope in hell of winning this fight, he's got to be the waterfall. He can't be the flowing stream. The flowing stream is already south. Better call south. Because he's literally that guy. He's going to be <laughs> flowing back and forth, just throwing. He is. Um, he is. And th- and that's where he's never seen that. Like, nobody – who's going to give you a look that Canelo can give you? Like, nobody has that kind of defense. Nobody has that kind of movement. Nobody's going to be able to touch you in, in, in different angles in ways that you're not used to getting touched up. I mean, it's different in there. He's a different animal. And Charlo was mentioning, too, he's like, oh, I think I saw in the – um some of the build-up stuff they do. He's like, oh, I, you know, I squared off with him. He didn't look that big. You know, he's not that tall, whatever. He, he, they make him sound like this big, you know, whatever. He's like, he ain't shit. And I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, you're six foot. Like, yeah, you're the big, you're obviously the bigger guy. But, I mean, he's, I mean, Tyson wasn't tall. Yeah, I don't think you're saying that to him. I, I don't care how big or tall you are. If anything, I kind of like the idea of being inside and being able to get in, and, you know, stay right in here with those tall guys, baby. Come on. Ah, ah. Oh, oh. Oh, dude, that feels good just doing it. I don't know. There's something about that. I just want to put my head in someone's chest. And just, ah, ah, 
oh, 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 sorry, lost, lost my mic. <laughs> Get excited. It is really, really fun once you get like your head moving on and you're sparring and you like, if, if like you can get your head going back and forth and you get close enough without getting touched and you feel your forehead touch their chest, it's just, it's, it's just, I mean, it's I, mean I don't think there's right. a better word for it, bro. Oh, dude. Money in the bank. Three in the bank. Three in the bank, bro. I'm hitting dude. three. Bro, tell me why I was I'm at the gym. Left, right, left, just fucking shovel hooking that gut, dude. Bro, I was so proud. Like I've been like doing my boxing training on the bags at the gym at EOS Fitness. Shout out. Uh, one of the Let's locations go. here, they have like the big teardrop bag, and then they have the big like Muay Thai kickboxing bag. So yeah. I'll kind of be able to go back and forth. The last few days, there's been a little Mexican homie, so I've been like kind of sharing it with them. You know, we've been kind of keeping each other motivated, you know, throwing combos, whatever. Hell yeah! But then today, I went in and two new guys like on the bags i'm like oh shit okay like we get dudes are boxers like one tall mexican guy his little brother i'm like okay shit they, they look legit probably not gonna get on the bag today i'm missing a watch i'm gonna be spectator but right on and then right next to him dude there's these two like young brothers um you know dreaded like tees they're in their crocs they had their gloves and they had the 45 in the middle and they're doing the basically like the one foot in like tire style boxing oh let's go dude it yeah, was yeah. sick they're just going bodies you know like kind of fun but i was like yo yeah this is buzzing right now like i'm, I'm hyped dude let's go yeah, yeah dude just fucking drilling times. drilling bro i was like dude people are drilling out here like this, this is sick i was just so excited man i excited to to share hell yeah you know love the it. vibes. Hey, well, dude, you're going to class, that. brother. I mean, you you same thing, man. I went with, you know a, I went with a pop rib and everything, baby. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. They keep me you, down. You've been what, just uh, shading? Did you have to switch up stances? How are you adjusting? <laughs> um, honestly, like I, it felt good throughout the entire class. The second I sat down in the car, I was like, it was real tender. <laughs> <laughs> now the adrenaline's like, kind of... <laughs> yeah, all, the, all that turning. Um, and then, of course, like usually the class is so packed all we're able to work on is like boxing stuff because there's not enough room for kicks. But right. there were six people in class today. So Bless. as soon as class started, so much comes in, activities. and he's like, all right, guys, little clips a small class today. So we're going to rush through the boxing so we can work on some kicks. And I'm like, let's go. Let's go. You just start, you just start like kicking like <laughs> so much. Like I was like, any, I mean like any other day of the week without the rib, I'd be like, let's fucking go, dude. Fire it and then up. As soon as they know. get to the kicks, Mary's like, I don't want to like, do you want to do the other side? And I'm like, we're not working on switch kicks. We're working on like roundhouse kicks. So just kick this side. She's like, I don't want to because you're rib. But I'm like, just fucking kick it. Like, you're just, fine. It's fine. I'll, yeah, let's just do it. Hurry up. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was, I love it, was, it, it, was, it was awesome, though. That's um, fantastic. Love it. Yeah, it was fantastic. They they called me in the front of the class again today to, to show the class how to throw the combos. Oh, well, I'm not surprised there, brother. I mean, that's it's textbook. Dope. It was dope. We were working on some fun combos today, dude. We were doing a like a one, two, and then you block a hook, throw a check hook, and then two. And then uh, as as Mary put in the chat here, then she kicked the shit out of me. She did. <laughs> and then she, take she a kick. Numerous <laughs> times. <laughs> numerous times. So yeah, you left we were that doing a one, two, block, check hook, two. Nice, nice. Two, three, two, roll, two, three. Oh, dude, three, fire. Two, three, uh, yeah. Three, two, three, three, three. roll, three, two, two. Nice, dude. That that's a realistic like flow right there. Like that's 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 yeah. what you're seeing. That's what we're gonna see a lot of come Saturday night. Nice. Let's it go. Nice. We were uh, yeah. They had us run through like one at a time, and then after we got those three professionally, they're like, all right, call them out to your partner. Go through all three now. 
Nice. And you, so you guys are like able to do it on each other, right? Like, um, like, yeah. di- like so Dylan like, and Alex, uh, so like it's like you're first, actually like, it's basically like the first 15 minutes, one person's holding Mitch, the other person's holding gloves and then you switch. Nice. Okay. Cool. I guess it was actually, it was probably like the first 25 and 25. Okay. And then we did okay. the last like 10 or 15 minutes for kicks. Nice. Sweet. So we did roundhouse and push kicks, which are amazing. Ooh, those and, are the uh, fun ones. And dude, coach, coach Aaron Pete was hella funny today. He's like, he was talking about uh, someone asked because he was like doing push kicks. And he was like, any questions? The guy raised his hand. He's like, yeah. So where are you aiming with that kick? And so Coach AP is like, so in a in a professional fight, he's all, he's all, in a professional <laughs> fight, you're going to aim right here. You're going to try and push the, the window. Plexis. Yep. And then he points at me and he's all, but if you're fighting a fucking monster like this guy in a street fight, <laughs> kick him in the fucking nuts. <laughs> Here it goes, a little sour, no brother. <laughs> no and he like, he like demonstrates a fucking like whip kick, and I'm like, that's oh, not that a push nice. kick. <laughs> yeah, that is not. That's, 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 straight, a, yeah, that's, that's You're never going to be able to have kids kick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Taking your manhood, brother, and your soul. Yeah, that is uh Bro. that's nice. well, all is fair in those kind of situations. You fair. know that. All is fair. Um yeah, and then Mary of course looks over and she's like, I'm gonna practice that one on him tonight. And I was like, No. <laughs> Absolutely coach. not. No more coach. <laughs> Stop it. Absolutely not. <laughs> not Absolutely not. Um Yeah. So um again, no, no super crazy fights coming up this weekend other than of course this beautiful, brilliant boxing match, which I will definitely be tuning into. Absolutely. Uh, the Sal Alvarez, aka Canelo Alvarez versus Jamel Charlo fight. Um, Better call Sal. And obviously, for any of those that that are watching in video that have seen the top half of this shirt and are wondering what the hell it is, it is an old school Admiral Thrawn shirt. And I know you're thinking, oh, Admiral Thrawn from Ahsoka. Nah, dude. Mary got me this shirt before season one of Mandalorian was even conceptualized. This is Star Ooh. Wars Rebels. Admiral Thrawn, homie. It's the real deal. Oh, dude. Oh, gee. Yeah, he looks a little different. Yeah, that is that's a different guy. Let's that's go. The man, the myth, the legend, bro. If you've ever seen, um, if you've ever seen Inglorious Bastards, ah, uh, uh huh, with like the Nazis and the like the, the great movie the Nazi hunters Brad basically Pitt. with Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, yeah. So Christoph Waltz, uh, the the like crazy phenomenal actor Nazi guy, uh, the hunter, yeah. basically. Yeah. That's Grand Admiral Thrawn, in my opinion. Like he, that's the best way to describe him to people that have never seen Star Wars Rebels. Like he goes to Twi'lek villages, murders all the Twi'leks, raises their villages to the ground, like burns everything to the ground. But before he does that, he steals all their valuables so that way he can study their relics and find out what made them happy before he killed them. So that way he can hunt the Twi'leks that he's hunting. And he's literally yeah. like, in order to understand our enemy. We must truly get to know them. What makes them happy? What makes them sad? Where they would hide? We need to know their next move before they do. Like he's terrifying. Yeah, he's a good villain. He's and he's and he's in the new Ashaka. Ashoka, I mean Ashaka. Ashaka! Oh my god! (laughs) This guy said Ashaka. Ashaka. We interrupt this moment to bring you. <laughs> oh no, it's been a while since um, the curtain's been called, brother. <laughs> That's hilarious. I earned that one. I really earned that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I had to break out the uh, the good old error beep. But uh, yeah, no, Ashaka. 
Um, people don't forget. Uh, so yeah, Ahsoka. Uh, he's he's the new big bad in Ahsoka. They've actually nice. been teasing him for quite some time. And mm. I digress. If you have not dove in to this season of Ahsoka, this is some side chatter, non MMA stuff for you guys. Um, because at the end of the day, we're also just fucking dick nerds. If you haven't dove into Ahsoka, before you do, I highly recommend you just go in and watch seasons one through four of Star Wars Rebels. Even if you're not going to mm. watch the animated Clone Wars series, watch Rebels. Because I think people that don't understand this show or that are like scratching their head at the end of every episode, they are people that went into this show thinking, oh, this is going to be like Mandalorian season four. No, right. this is Rebels season five. Ooh. Yeah, so there's so many good storylines, like. man. This whole world's cool. I, I'm not like as big on the Star Wars as you, obviously, but shit, man. I mean, I, I you've told me about the the Clone Wars and everything. That's definitely on the agenda. But man, I, maybe I will do have you guys to know do how it in I your order. Off telling him about Clone Wars, I sat him down and I lit a candle and I said, "Dano, let me tell you something. It's a story called the Clone Wars. Once upon a time <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away, the Clone Wars." No, I didn't actually. I didn't actually say it like that, but I really should. Pretty sure we were on bar, crammed, crammed like a bunch of uh, sardines, and you're like, bro, you're like, Clone Wars is the best like animated series ever. You're like, dude, look it up. Like, no, like, look it up. I'm like, I don't look it up. Freaking 93 Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, holy shit, it's like literally like the best. It is literally the best like animated thing out on Rotten Tomatoes. That's like that's that's just the best. And Rebels are two of (laughs) the best like rated Star Wars things in general. That's pretty Uh, baller you know what i'm saying you know what I'm saying? i know what you're saying uh, i know what you're saying and also i gotta say like grand admiral thron in the animated series they had a motherfucker doing like some muay thai shit straight up Ooh, busting some moves like, i like it yeah i'm actually i'm actually gonna share i'm gonna I'll, I'll share the link with you right after we wrap this episode because you gotta check this out i gotta see your reaction to this shit. let's do it let's um, do it that being said guys i can sit here and gab about nerdy shit all freaking day but I digress. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna take up your entire night that way. Instead, we're gonna go and cut to the credits, and um, we are probably going to discuss after we wrap what new days we're gonna do. Because I mean, Monday night football, Thursday night football, we're, we're battling football here, guys. I'm having to move from eight to eight thirty. We might keep the Monday slot. We might move the Thursday slot. We'll talk it out. We'll figure it out. I'm also trying to do two back-to-back Muay Thai classes on Thursday. Um, there we go, brother. Said, yeah, let's let's make sure you got that. <laughs> Come on now. Um, I just found out that one of my favorite coaches teaches back-to-back 5.30, 6.30. And I was like, oh, what are you doing in the 6.30 class? And he's like, well, you know, we've always focused on punches at 5.30. I always focus on kicks at 6.30. And I'm like, I will see you for two hours the next day. <laughs> I am going to bring a lunch, baby, because I am sticking around. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Uh, awesome, so, that being said, uh, we will probably not be here next Thursday, but we will definitely be here for at least one or two episodes next week. And uh, pay attention to the Twitter at MMA Anomaly, and uh, that's where you can find the updates. And if you're not following the co-host with the most, make sure you're following at Jive Turkey Talk on Twitter. YouTube channel coming soon for this guy, too, where he's going to be the best YouTube fantasy football breakdown channel you have ever seen. It's the only one that you're not subscribed to yet. And it's also the best one you're not subscribed to yet. So until then, and until the next episode of this show, keep the passion for mixed martial arts alive. We fucking love you all. And we will see you next time. You've been listening to the MMA anomaly show. No filter. 
As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA, and our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.